bottom of the lake and paid no attention to our bait. An event during his school life had such an effect on him that some years afterwards he wrote a poem on it. His sister, Isola, died at Edgeworthstone at the age of nine, and the doctor recorded that Oscar's lonely and inconsolable grief found its outward expression in long and frequent visits to his sister's grave in the village cemetery. He had probably longed for the day when Isola would be the sympathetic and affectionate companion he had failed to find in Willie. In October 1871, he received an exhibition from Portora and won an entrance scholarship at Trinity College, Dublin, where he remained for three years, his love of the classics gaining him many prizes, a foundation scholarship, and eventually the Barclay Gold Medal for Greek, which turned out to be his most useful and expensive academic distinction, for he pawned it when hard up and redeemed it when in funds at frequent intervals all through his life. The average student at Trinity College was more interested in fighting, gambling, drinking, football, whoring and obscene stories than in Greek culture and the art of conversation, so we are not surprised to learn that Oscar did not mingle with his contemporaries more than was necessary. Occasionally he went to the meetings of the University Philosophical Society, though he hardly ever spoke, leaving it to his brother Willie to uphold the family reputation in such matters. Once their father was guest chairman at a debate on social evils, and brother Willie distinguished himself by a fervid outburst in defence of prostitutes. It was a subject on which Sir William and his firstborn were authorities and in hearty agreement with one another though the similarity of their names and natures sometimes led to misunderstandings. One morning the father opened a letter that was meant for the son, in which a girl accused Willie of being responsible for her pregnancy, and when he came down to breakfast his father handed it to him with the words, Here is a most disgraceful letter. Having read it, Willie looked at his father and gravely asked, Well, sir, what are you going to do about it? Two episodes in Oscar's life at Trinity College Dublin have been preserved, and each displays a permanent trait in his nature. The first was told against him and was supposed to illustrate his effeminacy, though in fact it shows his sensitiveness. One night a tremendous row was heard coming from his room. Two fellows rushed in to see what was happening and found him jumping about the floor in a half-dressed condition. What on earth is the matter? they asked in amazement. There's a huge fly in my room, a great buzzing fly, he explained. I can't sleep till I drive it out. They thought him crazy, their way of getting rid of a fly being simple. Why not kill the damn thing? The second incident was advanced in his favour by a fellow student named Horace Wilkins, who, living in Salt Lake City during Oscar's visit to America in 1882, was astonished to read the descriptions of the affected poet, the weak-kneed poseur who rhapsodized over sunflowers, the languid aesthete, which were then appearing in the press. Horace recalled Oscar as an ungainly, overgrown, moping, awkward lad who was continually knocking things over when he moved about, and at whom everybody laughed, but also as a kind-hearted, good-humoured fellow who never did a mean or underhand thing, and whose last shilling was at anyone's disposal. One day, reported Horace, a thing happened which seemed, as it were, to change the current of Wilde's life.
he wrote a poem which he read at one of the class symposiums. It struck me as a beautiful thing. But when he had finished reading, the bully of the class laughed sneeringly. I never saw a man's face light up with such savagery of hate as Wilde's. He strode across the room and, standing in front of the man, asked him by what right he sneered at his poetry. The man laughed again, and Wilde slapped him across the face. The class interfered, but inside of an hour, the crowd was out behind the college, arranging for a fight. Wilde, in a towering rage, was ready to fight with howitzers if necessary, but the bully wanted to fight with nature's weapons. No one supposed that Wilde had a ghost of a show, but when he led out with his right, it was like a pile driver. He followed the surprised bully up with a half dozen crushers, and that ended it. Talk about that chap being a pallid young man. When I see these allusions in the newspapers, I always think of his fight.